Mother Culture listeners. We've always wanted to hear your voices as well as our own in this place. And we're so excited to invite you to call in and share your thoughts. You can always call in with thoughts and responses. But today we're especially hoping to hear stories about drinking and the holiday season. If you have thoughts on motherhood, drinking in the holidays, please call us and leave a voicemail. So that number is 240-366-5382. You can share your name if you'd like to, or just your thoughts about motherhood and drinking or any other thoughts, reactions, feelings that you want us to hear about um, that bubble up as you listen to our show. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Miranda Rake. And I'm Sarah Wheeler, and this is Mother Culture, where we take on motherhood through the lens of culture and culture through the lens of motherhood. So welcome to Mother Culture, Sarah Peterson. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So, um, Sarah, I'll just say that we invited you here today to talk about the holidays because... Um, figured you might be a little tired of talking about your book, Monfluenced, <laughs> which um, I read and loved and um, have been following your Substack for a long time in pursuit of mm-hmm. clean countertops. And second, um, I second that follow. Lovely. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> and, um, and I just thought that it might be fun to talk about something adjacent to the things that you circle all the time, but that is like slightly different. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm psyched. Okay, cool. Um, so we begin our episodes with a little question about, um, as Sarah has, Sarah W has put it many times. Yes. Please, please um, make this like all of my elementary school classrooms where I am Sarah W. <laughs> Although I will point out, I have an H. And I do have a right. question for Sarah without an H, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. maybe at some point you can answer, which is like, is there a cultural difference between Sarah's with an H and without? I mean, that's a great question. Is there any Jewish Sarah situation? I know there's a Jewish Sarah, right? I'm like a Jewish in the Bible? Sarah. I'm right, one. But like, that's me. No, but like in, the Bi- in the Bible? Oh, yeah. She's a, she's, right? oh, she's like an OG she's like big, mama. Right? Yeah, and she's, she's big. And she's H, correct? She's big. She's Abraham's wife. She gets pregnant when she's like a thousand years old. Okay, okay. And yeah. But yeah, she is H. She's well, there with an H. Actually, if we're really getting, I'm so sorry, Miranda. If I just get in, in the about weeds. Christmas, lately. guys. I know. So I'm saying if there's any. I mean, I brought up the Bible. Exactly. We already have gotten, we're on theme and I don't want to, you know, have religious inaccuracies. She actually, her name is Sarai with an I instead of an A before she has this like miraculous pregnancy. And then she becomes Sarah with an H. So yeah, there's no, no H Sarah in, 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 you know, Judaism, but I mean, there, I, I think I've met some Jews that don't have the H. Right. Uh, that was just the only thing that immediately came to mind mm. in terms of like what sort of cultural difference there could be. Because otherwise I have no idea. So like who's caring for your kids right now, which is as Sarah W always says, not because like, you know, of some patriarchal thing, but just like the web of care. Like 
Totally. Here we are. So where are they? Um, One is in public middle school, one is in public elementary school, and one is in a little preschool that we pay for. Yes. Yes. I feel the pain in that statement. Mm -hmm. Um, But okay. Well, that's lovely. Sarah W., do you want to share where your children are today or is it boring? Uh, every time you ask me that, I just have like a moment of freak out where I'm like, oh my God, am I supposed to be, <laughs> am I supposed to be somewhere? Um, no, they, they got happily off to school. My husband had like an early meeting. So I did the morning today, which is not my nature. I had, to, <laughs> I had to set an alarm, which I find to be kind of a microaggression. Um, yeah. usually my husband wakes me up, but so I did it and I do have a parenting hack that's related mm-hmm which is that um, it's really nice to break up the morning in terms of how many times you can listen as a family to the 10 minute version of Taylor Swift's All Too Well. Mm. And I say the phrase this morning, like, okay, shoes and bags after one more All Too Well. It was like a really nice little kind of timer. Yeah, Yeah. no, I like that. I like that. And good mood, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of a little brooding. <clears throat> sure, sure. Yeah, I like the idea of like song as a timer. Like you could do free bird and you'd have like 12 minutes. Right. <laughs> That's you could. But there but it also introduces more noise. And there's already I'm just wary of any additional noise to a child-centric setting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I read in your newsletter. I really appreciated this. Actually, I felt seen that you wear earplugs in the morning. Do you want to talk oh. about that a little bit? I oh just yes. That's please talk about it, that. It's it's a cherished self care practice. But so I've been doing it for years. And my youngest, who is four, I had one in, and I was like getting him from his bed or whatever. And he asked me about it again. He sees me with them in every single day. And he said, why do you have that in there? And I was like, oh, just so it's a little quieter. (laughs) (laughs) Just to drown you out. Um, Yeah, I just like I can't. I like to really gently ease into consciousness in the morning and having children makes that really difficult to do. So this is my self-protective mechanism. Like I can still hear them, (laughs) but I can hear them less. No, I think honestly, I bought earplugs when we sleep trained my second child and um, it was like amazing. It it felt like a thing that was like marking the difference in who I had become from Mm. one child to two, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was like, tonight I'm going to sleep. And I just popped those in, took a a weed mint and Uh was like, see you at 7 a.m. Yeah. And like, that's my plan for tonight now. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And, you know, I had been like for four months, I had been like, yeah, I don't know, at the, at the end of whatever fuse was left. And it Mm -hmm. was like, we're going to change that tonight. Yeah. And like, I do think I wear, you know, I have them and I, I look at them all the time and my two and a half year old, um, it's very, very loud. And like, I, um, my, my older child was not very mm-hmm. loud um, mm-hmm. and it triggers all of us. And mm-hmm. like Sarah, Sarah W. And I have talked about this before. And um, I have started to wonder as I read about children with like sensory processing stuff, I'm like, I think I might have some of that. Like, right. I like dark and quiet too. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I think I can be a better mom. Like um, when I'm not overwhelmed by this sound, like it yes. really puts me into a, like a fight or flight mode. Yes. 
and yeah. I can't be in that mode and be the mom I want to be. So it's better yeah. if I pop some earplugs mm-hmm. and, and a weed bin. And a weed mint. Yeah, those help too. Yeah, I I think it was the world of like neurodivergence that helped me understand that. I don't, uh, I had got my ADHD diagnosis when I had like a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And I had so like kind of internalized shame from my overwhelm, Mm. you know, from them, which had uh, to do with a lot of things, but I think to a certain extent was just a sensory thing, like you said. and. It wasn't until I kind of like learned about my own ADHD and read other neurodivergent parents talk about it that I was like, yeah. oh, sometimes I think it's just like too noisy for me. Yeah. And I have these little like their loop brand headphones. Oh, we yes. we are not advertising for them, but we should. I would like some money from them. Hello, yeah. loop. We yeah. So they're like, like your brand. They're, they're nice. You can like, um, <clears throat> you, there's two, there's like a little insert so you can. At either setting, you can hear, like Sarah P right. said, but one of them muffles it more. And I also have one kid who is just, she just, bless her, is so loud. And that's yep. who I was as a kid. So yep. I feel bad about, you know, shushing her. And it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just, it struck me as really funny that our podcast would be sponsored by an earplugs brand. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. And I mean, a weed gummy brand as well. Like that would be also great. Yeah, we're open PR people. Send us your. I like the Mr. Moxie's brand of weed mints. (laughs) Highly recommend. Um, Okay. They're always sold out anyway. They don't need, they sadly don't need us. Um, All right. Well, so what brings us here today with Sarah P and Sarah W is um, the conversation about the holidays. Um, and I have been spinning on this for a couple of weeks now. Um, I should warn listeners and guests that um, and co-hosts that my bachelor's degree is in religious studies. Um, what? So, but I won't talk about it that much. I know, like you know, ethics and and religious practice. I, I think it's fascinating. So, um, if I go too deep, please stop me. But um, thinking about this time of year as a mother um, and all of the things that we have to do. Um, we sort of thought that you would be the perfect mother writer to come talk to us about the joys and the booby traps that loom over us as parents as we approach this season. Um, so I'll start with like a very simple question. Um, Sarah P and Sarah W weigh into, um, are the holidays fun? <laughs> um, so I think parts of them for me are genuinely fun. Um, I'm really fortunate in that I am friends with my siblings and they all live within an hour. Um, and so getting together is genuinely fun. Um, my sister and sister-in-law and I do like a little Yankee swap. Um, the, the cousins are all super tight. So that's fun. It's chaos because like the oldest kid out of seven of them is 11. So it's a lot of little kids. Um, but it is mostly fun chaos. Um, I think the things I dread in terms of like holiday stuff is feeling a little manic about shopping. Like I've got a spreadsheet already going to hit all the sales and like, none of this is critical. Like they all need just a couple things, whatever. But I, I think, I think I just get manic about sales. 
and thinking like, okay, does our household need another humidifier? Because this is the time to buy the humidifier. It has even less to do with like gifting and more to do with like take advantage of this time, which is absurd. And then that just makes me feel icky because consumerism and materialism. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I feel like I always panic the last week and like buy them all like too much. And I just have so many memories of like our, my childhood holidays and one sibling being pissed that the other sibling got more and blah, 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 blah. So like that, I just tried to avoid it at all costs because it really, it really uh, cramps, cramps the day. That's, mm-hmm. So that's my, that's my, I guess, initial take. Are you like, uh, do you host things this time? We, of year? we like all share. So <laughs> that's also nice. Like, yeah, we all share. Um, I do have a very like set in stone decor situation which again, I really like, um, like it's fun. Tell it, um, tell it, tell us more. Sure, tell us sure, more. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, so like fairy lights everywhere, um, like in all the little house plants, um, over like windows, um, like I the little like, battery ones. Yes, like yes, yes, one? yes, oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. And I'll set them on timers. So they'll go off when it gets dark. You're a timer wow. lady. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, Are you an elf on the shelf? This is sounding no, like you might be an elf on no, the shelf. No, 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 no. I'm not. Okay. Because I was going to say, we got to scrap this. My, no, I'm my just... first kid when he was like two, I, you know how you're like not supposed to touch the elf or whatever, mm-hmm. like, and then it kills the magic or something. Mm-hmm. I put that into his head too intensely. I love the windowsill and like landed on him and he screeched in horror, like was afraid the elf came to life or something. So the elf has not been welcomed back ever since. Um, no so I have to admit that I think in an act of maternal self-preservation, <laughs> I have completely like blocked out all the elf on a shelf content and yeah. I don't even actually know what it is. Well, it's and not- let us not forget about Mench on a Bench. Is that? Oh, oh no. We yes. don't want that. That's no not, one wants that. We don't that. find that inclusive. <laughs> no one Bench looks- on a bench. Mench on a bench. I, on behalf of Jews everywhere, I, I, I decry that. I, no, no, thank you. But oh I do feel, you know, yeah. I do feel to your question, Miranda, I also love the holidays and um, I do just feel, I think I've checked in with myself, like a real joy around yeah. some of the cute, like homemaking bits of it. The, I like to bake, you know, I like to decorate. I love a tree, like yes. the bigger, the better. Yep. I just like, I love big tree energy and, um, and I, and I like my family. I do think that that's really interesting, Sarah, that you brought that up. I didn't think about that as such a, you know, um, distinguisher between, I think people's experiences of the holidays that I also am friends with my siblings. We generally are functional. We have a big, crazy, fun, sweet time. Um, and that just really isn't true for everyone. And, and there were moments, you know, over the years where there was some dynamic that made it fraught, right. But, but mostly it's, nice but because i'm the jewish parent and i always celebrated christmas too my dad is like a non-denominational christian um i i feel like this pressure 
to like mench on a bench. Like I, I feel this pressure to like do the Jewish rituals for my kids. I'm yep. the one that's holding it. And it ha- it's the same way every year. I just totally ADHD it. I'm like in like December 1st, I Google what day Christmas 20, whatever year it is. I mean, yep. what day Hanukkah, you know? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh shit, you know? And then I like go to Walgreens and get some candles and like, you know, I just, can they like Walgreens has the best crap like they have the really? best kid crap like i Ooh. i feel oh, whenever i'm there target? well okay i don't live close to a target uh Oof. but i guess target probably has good kid crap but like walgreens is like if your budget is three dollars <laughs> like you can cl- your kid is going to be so happy nice. that you had to go pick up like tylenol you know yeah like, yeah <laughs> there's a lot of little like you know knockoff beanie boos and like oh right push a moles and yeah 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 uh, yeah, on the way to the register yeah that's where they get you Mm -hmm. all right uh but yeah well i think uh i should tell you sarah hanukkah's early this year oh fuck very early so you're really gonna it's i think december 7th i i mean there have been years where i'm like oh it's the third night of hanukkah ah and you know we always have a latka party that is like i i do i do kind of stand that and um I don't really think it like teaches my kids religion um yeah but it's like it's still a piece you know yeah and it's delicious so that my latkes are delicious Uh, but I do have I do have um notes about other people's (laughs) I would like can you if you could mail me some that would be great (laughs) come on down you you all are invited that sounds great obviously I have not scheduled it yet I don't even know where (laughs) when Hanukkah is coming it's coming for you but by the time this airs it will be three days away yeah oh wow Um, so anyway okay so so speaking of religion so i think a lot of families um are not maybe i don't know our family like is not super religious like we haven't brought our son to church i was raised episcopalian my husband um has some religious trauma from his childhood he was sort of evangelical raised um and his parents are no longer in that community and they're all sort of processing it but um but like I like religion so much as a concept I should say I don't love organized religion like who does but I I like you know um there's something that I really treasure about a lot of my memories of this time of year as a child that are related to like these really like my first experiences of something sacred, like, Mm -hmm. which I believe you can, you know, secular, sacred, whatever. So, um, you know, uh, like the first time I went to midnight mass and like we sang silent night by candlelight at like midnight. I mean, I was like, as a kid, you're sort of like, Whoa, (laughs) it's a wonderful thing. And I think as a mother, when I became a mom, my, my son was born close to Christmas time. And I have these vivid memories of like, so we didn't do much that year for Christmas and it snowed and we were stuck at home, which was, I was so relieved because I had been stressing about taking my two week old to like Christmas and everyone would yeah. like breathe on him. <clears throat> and so I was holding him by the window and it was snowing and it was dark. And I had made my husband put up our Christmas lights before the baby came. I was like obsessed about it. And he was like, mm-hmm. let's just skip it this year. And I was like, no, <laughs> I want a tree. And, and all so, my angst about motherhood is going into this one thing. <laughs> yes, oh yes. yes. Oh yes. Mom. And you know what? I was so, I was right. I was right. Like sitting there with my 10 day old baby mm, on Christmas, yes. like looking at that tree, like, 
And it wasn't that I believed I was Mary, but I was definitely <laughs> like, not to get into this whole Madonna thing, but I, I think I was like, it just felt like, to, I mean, you know, to me, he was sacred, like this, this thing. And I understood sort of the sacred moment and it's like a time of renewal and all that. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I really believe in like, there's something for us in this time of year. Um, and like what you are both saying, I love Christmas too. I love the holidays. I love the lights. And um, as I get older, I'm more of like a solstice person mm. kind of conceptually. I'm like the return of the light and kind mm. of the, the um, more abstract um, ancient, ancient concepts around it, but blah, blah. So, um, but it's really tricky. Like this gets into the consumerism question, right? So yeah. like there is all this meaning and there is all this, I think it's an important time of year to like sort of pause and have joy and be together and celebrate community and, and seek, I knew that was gonna happen. It's like seek something sacred, but um, maybe without religion. And then if we don't want to give our kids, like you're saying, Sarah, this just gimme, gimme, gimme stuff, stuff, stuff. Like what, what are we doing and what are we seeking for them, for ourselves? And where do we look for that? And how do we find that? And I would love to hear Sarah and Sarah's thoughts on this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I so resonate with your childhood memories of Silent Night. Um, we grew up like Protestant, so it was like a 7 p.m. situation. It wasn't the midnight situation, but um, I just want to say that like all Jews, just my my stereotype of like what Christians do on Christmas is that they're all at a church at midnight, yes. like each holding a candle going, sorry, no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we thank you for yeah. confirming. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, and again, like was not, it was not a religious upbringing. We went like maybe twice a year, but I did love the Christmas Eve candlelit service. Um, I think largely because like being in a dark, beautiful room with people holding candles singing at night is just like inherently beautiful. Um, yeah. And we we've only we've only done it. I was such a bedtime um bedtime freak when my little kids were yeah yeah you're still in it oh so yeah like, so we still never a freak. went yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so we never went when my little well when my big kids were little to the 7 p.m thing because like that was their bedtime um and then COVID happened so I've only really gone with them once and it was like a church I had never been to they didn't have real candles it was like and it just didn't it didn't feel the way I wanted it to feel so I'm still like, but I do grieve that, that my kids are not growing up with that, you know, like really special, um, yeah, for lack of a better word, sacred, you know, part of the holidays. Well, well I think, I, oh, go ahead. Can yeah. I just, can I just jump in and say too, like, I think Sarah P, you know, one of the many gifts of your writing 
is how you reveal for us at mo- as mothers that like all of our choices kind of happen in this context of modern day, you know, consumerism and and gaze, right? Like mm. that we're so much more aware of the gaze on us as mothers and um and the harm that that does is great. And so, you know, I think of this time as also very triggering of maternal perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Um and to you know, when your parents or your mother was taking you to that service, it's like she had so much less noise about how to be a Christmas mom, right? Like I would imagine some kind of, maybe I'm glorifying like the last generation of parents, but this piece around like, this is what we do and da da da. And she probably wasn't like making with great love for your spreadsheet, making a spreadsheet about (laughs) sales or having like ads sold to her all freaking day, you know, about how to be a good Christmas mom. And so I think we have a lot more that we have to kind of like stave off this time of year. And maybe that gives you a little less energy to do the things that you actually care about and like figure out what the difference is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, I think that's for sure true. Um, I remember going to bed like Christmas Eve and just that feeling alone felt sacred, like all by myself totally. in my bed. So I feel like they still are getting it. It just doesn't look the way mine necessarily did. Um, and I also think it's fine for the holidays to be like a time of lots of parties and lots of togetherness. Um especially if they're secular, which mine are. So so I kind of want to like jumping into all of this. One of the things that I was thinking about leading up to this, um, and I sort of wrote an essay last year for Romper about this, but I think, um, and this is, you're gonna, this is totally my religious studies background, mm-hmm. but um, <clears throat> last year there was this um, podcast, uh, you know, Hidden Brain, it's like Shankar Vedanta. Yep. So it was, he was interviewing a guy whose name I can't pronounce. I'm going to try, but I probably can't. It's like Demetrius Exclatus. It's very, it's probably not that. You can see it in the show notes um, and I won't say it again. So um, he wrote a book called Ritual, How Seemingly Senseless Acts Make Life Worth Living. And he looked at um, very carefully uh, lots of people who celebrate rituals all over the world, everyone does. And these often ancient, often dangerous rituals. He looked at things like fire walking and, you know, bathing in the Ganges and drinking the water and all of these things. And um, to try to measure like what people get out of ritual and what happens when they're performing the rituals and like why they have this power over us. Mm. Um, and basically he found um that people couldn't answer uh, like why do you do this they couldn't really answer um so but nonetheless performing the rituals reduced anxiety like heart mm. rates went down blood pressure went down um and he theorizes that this is because of um the predictive nature of our brain so the way like our brain sarah probably knows way more about this than i do but so i'm just thinking about the people at my hanukkah party every year and how much i'm doing for them neurologically yeah no really no so really so like this is like so our brain is constantly trying to predict the world around us but the world is chaos especially now as we all know and so that creates anxiety when our brain can't predict but ritual Mm. um 
is, you know, performing a ritual is something like you say, like your laka party, you know what to expect. And so that is soothing. So that calms us. And I think to me, that made me think about um, the power of ritual and then what a ritual can be mm-hmm. like. So, and it also matters. He said that it's, it's in community um, and things like singing together or performing a dance together, like moving your bodies together. These all enhanced um, the anti-anxiety effects of performing ritual. Yeah. So, um, That's cool. I was right. And that, it made me think about, um, what I could get out of the holidays or what we could expect from this time of year mm-hmm. um, and what is performative that we could let go of and what is, I can't think of a better word than nourishing. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. that's very that's good, a good word. of me, but it's a good <laughs> word. Yeah. So, you know, um, for us and for our children and like, I think it's interesting that like you say, grieving certain things, maybe because those rituals were so powerful as a child, perhaps more powerful than like the gifts that mm-hmm. you got or the things that really stressed your parents out. Except so. for my Felicity American Girl doll. <gasps> that was a very powerful. Oh, it was I was a Samantha. A Christmas, it was a Christmas plus birthday gift. That's yep. how big it was. And yep. my birthday and Christmas are not near each other. So I really waited for her. But it's otherwise, not. yes, I think I think rituals Dude. are more powerful than than stuff. And I'm thinking like, Sarah, what you're saying, like, it sounds like maybe decorating your house, Sarah, Mm -hmm. totally, totally. it's like your ritual that is totally like, it's so cozy. Like I'm even thinking about you, like being like, it's time to put my fairy lights and you're just like by yourself. And maybe you have like a little mug of something and you're just so take like taking care of yourself. Yes. It's glorious. I love it. Are there things, so I'm curious to know both of you, like, you know, um, yeah, what are the rituals kind of thinking about in that concept um that you that you think are really important? And it, you know, do you think that they're the same for your kids? Curious about, you know, and I don't really And what in, are you like, trying to get rid of? I think what mm-hmm. are the rituals you could do without that yes. are performative? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Therapy. Mm-hmm. Okay. The ones, okay, the ones I'm trying to get rid of. I mean, I think my spreadsheet exists because I am trying to, basically, I want to get the shopping done so I can relish the holiday vibes without thinking about that. Um, So in a way that is to like protect the rituals and the sacred time in the community. um, So it's not like sullied by my brain being half there. Mm -hmm. Um, and then what have I let go of? I mean, I love good food and I love, you know, everybody contributing to make delicious meal, but also like if somebody forgets the stuffing or whatever, it doesn't like that is not going to substantially impact, um, anyone's enjoyment of the day. Um, and I think, I don't know, especially just our mother's generation's I just think like the food was like, it, it was, I mean, if anything got screwed up, it was like, you know, the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that might feel like a generational thing, difference. I don't know. You guys, let me, do you relate to that at all? I think, yeah, I think, yeah the food thing, I'm thinking about like, <clears throat> there's a bunch of stuff that I do. And I don't know if you both still do these things, but like holiday cards, 
I, and I order them in like October. I always get an ad that's like they're 30% yeah. off right now until this date. Right. And then I get, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then yeah. I just pick some random photos and I do it. And I have this narrative in my mind that I'm doing it for the older people, especially in our lives mm. who like don't see pictures of our kids. Who mm. live. But I just, I also wonder if I could save the 70 bucks. Cause like, then I have to get stamps and I kind oh, yeah. of enjoy addressing them. You know, I kind of like thinking about people everywhere, but it also feels like a chore. It's one that I'm on the fence about. I'm like, I think my I can- personal oh. nightmare is having to do a family card. I mean, that's just like my brain, you know, but I, I do every once in a while. I'm like, is that, would that be fun? And I, I do think about like my aunt, you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. she would, I, I do like receiving those cards. Um, but God, the labor that goes into them. And it's, all it's I mean call in if you're not a mom and you do that I will hear your tale but mostly it's really mom work it is Um, so you don't so Sarah W is a no if it doesn't bring you joy you know yeah but do you you don't do it no oh no 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 okay okay, Sarah P do you do it I do largely though because this is one of like my kids cherished rituals is now that they're school age They look forward to seeing all the cards from their friends. And we have like this big ribbon that we staple them all on. So it's more of a community ritual. Um, And I do love that. I I gotta say, I kind of do it for the mantle, right? I love all the pictures that everyone sends me. It does make me happy. I know. Well, it's all Um, about the quality, right? Like of of what it feels like to you, not the quality Mm -hmm. of your card. I'm sure your card is great. Um, Oh, no. I really like a janky one, actually, where they're like, you know what? We're all physically on this thing. Here you go. We had a year. You have one, too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but but I do think, you know, with a way when I hear you talk about it, it sounds like something that brings you joy, you know, and I think it took me many years of motherhood to try to parse these things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think, you know, if you're really being honest with yourself, if you're doing something um, because you think it means you're a good mom or oh, that yeah. other people will kind of see you as a good mom. Right. And and I to go back to the food stuff, I I certainly I think cooking like a nice meal started for me before motherhood as both something I loved and I love food, but also as like something a good woman does. And mm-hmm. I don't think I was raised in like hyper traditional roles. My husband cooks, but I just felt like a host, you know, goes balls to the wall having this kind of horrible day to cook <laughs> right, meal right. for, for a dinner party. And now I do, you know, like I, the latkes are important to me. Any Jewish mother will tell you she's not, she's not buying latkes, but so I will make those, but like, I will get the little, you know, um, stick stir hot cocoa things from Trader yeah, yeah, Joe's yeah. for 99 cents instead of like baking cookies. Right. And But that took a few years to, to figure out. And then there's like, the eating of it all, which I think is another, like, like your family dynamics triggering thing this time of year is our relationship with food. And And our kids relation, like, I feel like they want, you know, some, you just know someone's going to make some comment. Mm -hmm. I, I, we can, you know, we like our family too, and we all live in the same place. And, um, it's, I like to get together with them, but it's a lot of personalities in one room. And I get sort of anxious as um, like, just, I guess I end up feeling protective of my kids a little bit in those environments, 
you know? Yeah. 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 There's a lot going on. Sarah yeah. P, I, I would love to ask you about kids and gifts. I know you have your spreadsheet. You, you've already, you've already told us how to nab the best deals, but I, I struggle a lot with, um, how overwhelming it is to basically be sold ads for gifts for my children starting in like October. And I love stuff. Like mm -hmm. I really do. I love to shop. My house yep. is just full of shit. I yep. love being given gifts. Yep. Um, I was the kid that like, you know, when we could all pick out a Christmas ornament every year, I like argued that one ornament was equal to the box of 25, you know, oh, yeah. I'm always like more, yeah. more, more. And yeah. I, and I do that for my kids. And there is a piece of it. If I'm checking in, that is joyous. That's like, you know, stuff is cheaper than it was when I was a kid and we have money and, you know, I don't, I, I don't freely shower my kids all the time. I, mm -hmm. I'm really going to lean into this and just love it up. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, well, shit, I'm just kind of clicking on things and, um, and kind of doing the more is more. And then all, right. there's also the piece that you talk about in, um, some of your posts about the holidays, about like that kind of moms are sold, gifts for kids that are really for moms to like, try to look like good moms. Like you're a good mom. If your kid has the like nice wooden Montessori camera or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a whole thing. So what comes up for you around that? Or do you, do you have any advice for me? <laughs> um, gosh, I mean, I will say I adore gift guides. Um, more because I just like to see a curated list. Um, and I like to discover like new brands and new products. It's not even that I often will shop from the gift guides, but I just like a compilation of products that are like artfully, you know, compiled. Um, and in terms of, I don't know the, see, I don't actually find myself interacting with ads for kids stuff that much during the holidays um I feel like I just go in knowing like I'm very big on my kids writing letters to Santa like extremely early so I know what I'm doing have they already um, written their letters um <laughs> mid-November don't has. they okay but do they change their minds like eight times like my kid is constantly adding like we talk all year We've employed Christmas as a way of like managing his like, I want that. I want that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We take pictures. Yeah. We're yes, like, oh, yes. I'll take a picture of that yep. and yep. I'll put it on your list. And mm -hmm. like now he's real. So my son is going to be six in like two weeks. Yeah. He's like, okay, where's my list? And like, yeah. you have that on my list. Right. And, but like, he's constantly adding to it and every new thing he wants the most. Yeah. 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 And it's That's like, tricky. It's like, I don't know. Also, his birthday is close to Christmas and it right. sucks. But um, yeah, I'm interested too to like, I feel like all of this, there's a conversation also about like expectation. Yes. And and, yes, yes, and yes. then the inevitable fallout, like yes. sense of deflation. Right. I mean, so how, how do you do your list, Sarah? Yes, and all yes. That? Talk, so, talk about Okay. That. So... Once they've done their list, they're just trained to think of those like sacrosanct. Mm. So if something else comes up, they will not expect it. They might bring it up like two weeks before, but the things that are on the list are the things that they're like, these should be guarantees. And like, they know that, you know, 
you you can only expect like four-ish things from the list. So they won't they won't put more than like six things on the list and they'll expect not to get all of them. And I don't know how I cemented that. I just like, I think I just would keep saying it every year. Like, you know, Santa won't get you everything on the list and da, 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 da. This sounds um, like it could be called Santa training. Yes. You know, like yes, you do sleep training, yes. you do nap training. Now yes. you do Santa training maybe around age three. I don't know. Yeah, I think ASAP. I think ASAP. Newborn, <laughs> newborn Santa <laughs> training. But I think like I had never thought about that, but that is what I did. And so as long as they get their like four big ticket items that were on the list, everything usually goes pretty smoothly. Um, I do find kids are really like quantity freaks. So if somebody say, I mean, say you spent like $500 on one kid and $100 on one kid, not that you would, but just they say, don't know. Yeah. but if one person has like 10 things to unwrap and one has five, that's like a cardinal sin. Well, but there's, it, there's so much concreteness yes. for so many kids and, yes. you know, they're, they're smart, but they're dumb, you know, yeah. they don't know what the value of things are. Totally. But yeah, I have the same issue in in my home. And, uh, and I worry, I have two kids. So I'm, you know, like, is it fair? Did right. I get, you know, cause they will point, they will notice it. Um, but I, I kind of forget about all of the other gifts they will get. And sometimes yeah. I feel like I haven't calibrated that well. And I will pull back a gift yeah. like, and hold it in the, in the present closet. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm it, like, oh yeah. shit, like, yeah. you know, there's this really actually too much. Cause we have like three sets of grandparents basically in okay. for my children. And so, you know, that's, that's yeah. a lot of present. Yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. Are you, um, my favorite thing. So my spouse and I, like, we don't really give each other gifts anymore. We just, um, fill each other's stocking, which sounds mm -hmm. dirty, but it's not. Um, and you um, said it, we you said each other's we were stockings. I love, uh, I love filling a stocking. So I wasn't, I, oh, was, just, I, was, I was just was, having like a sexual yeah. reaction to the actual idea of having a stocking full of stuff. I was turned on by that with no innuendo. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, same. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my godmother needle pointed stockings for everyone in my family. And um, so I hope that brought her real joy and was not, you know, for right. the, ga the gaze. <laughs> I think it did. I think it did. I, I hope it did. But um, so it's like, that's like our favorite little thing. And I think for the kids, too, I always end up feeling almost like the Christmas morning thing that is the most fun. Yeah. is the stocking and it's yeah. full of like not not cheap I mean I have right. been guilty of spending way too much because I think it's my favorite thing to do yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. lots of fun little weird things yeah um and like something poking out the top yes yes you know and little oh it's candy. the best it's yep. just the best and it's I like know. I guess it's like low pressure maybe because it's mm. literally like has a boundary <laughs> yes Yes. No, that makes sense. And it's so satisfying when it's full and it's not that hard to fill. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. This is 
I'm just continuing to sound a little dirty, but I do. I just love a brimming stocking. Just, oh, when like there's one thing that's too big to put in and it's kind of, it's a bonus and you're just like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then like we always did in my family and there's five kids. You had to like watch everyone open their stocking. Oh, yes, we do. Do Do you perpetuate? I hate watching. I hate being watched. I I have a lot of feelings about it. I really am attached to the performative the, stocking the opening. I want to see everyone and nobody else cares. And so now <laughs> oh, no. I've I've been in years of therapy, you know, I've just <laughs> let it go. I'm picking my battles. But if you would like, if I can kind of show you guys, if I could send you um, like a live feed of me opening my stocking, oh. it would make it twice as much fun for me but no one in my family wants to watch it oh I'll watch you Sarah you you face you FaceTime me and I'll watch you um we were religious about not just the stockings but every present like my in my family of origin oh it like every single present was like um and I loved that but I have released the grip a bit because like we're dealing with four eleven and nine and like the four-year-old can't wait, but I do love a, a, a nice, slow taking turns. I, I do enjoy it. Yeah. I, I like but, it too. It can get long though. I feel like the, I know now the little does. kids, the little kids For really sure. lose steam and you're like, you know, it's just, we've had an issue where it like present opening became like a two and a half hour thing. Yeah. 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 And it's yeah. become this whole family conversation where it's like, I also don't want again, consumerism to be like the sole focus. And if it's, if it takes that much time, then it, that it really is. is. You're like, this is about the presence. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's fine. I, right. Right. Um, so, well, we, we should move on to our closing thoughts, but, um, Sarah P, do you have anything else to share about motherhood at the holidays? What are your wishes this holiday season? Um, no, for whatever reason. No, I think there is a reason. I think it's because I genuinely enjoy the hobby of like holiday decor and, you know, listening to carols. And because I genuinely like it, it doesn't feel like I don't feel bogged down in maternal performance stuff. Um, but I think that would be very different if I didn't enjoy these things. Um, and I think that sort of goes across the board for anything that is coded you know a mom's job if you happen to enjoy it it's not going to feel as heavy but if you don't it's going to feel like this lack Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah I almost want to like put out a PSA it's like you know that it's okay to you know even experiment with like what happens if you if you don't do the joyless holiday things for you you know, yep. does, any, mm-hmm. does anyone really suffer or might there be a little suffering, but it's okay. You know, right. it's, it's worth it. It's a good trade-off. Yeah, yeah. That was one of my notes for this episode was like, kind of in this conversation, like, does any of what we're doing right now make sense? And I think that that ritual concept as a beneficial thing sort of grounded me, like, especially these rituals that are like risky or dangerous, like, because you get something out of it. So like maybe some of this stuff like is hard and is annoying, kind of like we talked about with the holiday cards. And then it's also like worth it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, but then maybe just to be a little bit vigilant about 
is it worth it? Like making sure the worth it is, yeah, the heavier part of the equation. Yeah. And understanding, I think, Miranda, that phrase about that, that you just said, like made me think about, you know, that we, we didn't like arrive here randomly. You know, there's like a culture that brought us to how we conceptualize the modern holidays. And even though a lot of it is arbitrary, um, it, it was like kind of constructed. And in a lot of ways it, it is constructed to give mothers more work and get them to buy things. So, you know, just to kind of examine that a little bit and, and acknowledge that some of it is kind of this, you know, invented, uh, for nefarious reasons, right. That it's okay to scrape off it. And, you know, what you have left is the joy and the ritual. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, all right. So to wrap up, um, let's do a holiday version of our kid culture check-in. So, um, Sarah P., what kid culture, like what kind of shows, movies could be food stuff even, um, are you excited to consume with your child, like a book Mm. or a movie or, you know, around the holidays? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So my family grew up watching a Christmas story every Christmas Eve. Um, and I have carried that into my kids tradition so I love that even though I have major thoughts about the mom in that movie are you guys familiar with the oh yes yeah I mean the mom the mom the mom yeah but because it's like ingrained in my nostalgic like whatever DNA it's still whatever is a big thing so I like that I like watching Harry Potter movies around the holidays um obviously JK Rowling no, thank you. But I can still enjoy Harry Potter without her bullshit polluting it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoy that. Um, my kids are obsessed with Christmas Chronicles. Have you guys? Mm-mm. No, I. They're not that good. <laughs> they're not that good. It's um, it's um, Goldie Hawn and Kurt uh, Russell. Yeah. Kurt, yes, yes, yes. Her husband. Yes, they play Mister and Mrs. Claus. Wait, it's like it's, a it's like a what? movie. It's like yeah, it's like there's a couple movies, and it's oh. like it's like pet. I do like them. Queens. I love Goldie Hawn so much. I think no, they're but, like a nice couple, and they're she nice likes people her. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's he's re- not okay. Oh, is he? political. Yeah. He's Republican, and she's like super liberal, and they just are like we make it work. And I'm like, wow, good for you. Yeah, hard weird. I mean, I they're not that good, so. But yeah. I, I will be watching them at some point because my kids are obsessed. Um, I'm trying to think of anything Lovely. else. Yeah, I think that's it. Those are good ones. Yeah. Um, we're at Sarah W. Anything, any holiday? You know, we have a movie night coming up this weekend and we were trying to think of a holiday um, movie. And so I'm actually kind of in like a stuckness around that where like, mm-hmm. I think my kids are old enough to watch like real people, you know, like how, how live action they? movies. They're five and seven, you okay. know, but so I was struggling with like, are they ready for elf? Like, mm. is that fun? Yes. Or are, should we do like eight crazy nights? Right. You know? Yeah. I think I need a recommend culture recommendation actually. Cause what they love nightmare before Christmas. That is oh. like the biggie and they'll okay. watch that a million times. Okay. Um, both we, it's both a Halloween and a Christmas movie, which is yeah. great because it's, it's good. Yeah. But, um, but some of their friends are really scared by it. You yeah. know, it's, yeah. it, it can be really scary. So it's not safe for like 
you know, a big crew of multi-age kids. But I don't, do you have any, should we watch the Goldie Hawn, Kurt, oh Kurt Russell? Um, gosh, what is, if they can handle that, I mean, have you, are you, how do you feel about Harry Potter? Fine. I, yeah, we, we, yeah, but we like those movies. Oh, okay. You've done that already. Um, yeah. I think Elf, I mean, we did Elf last year with Griffin and he oh. was almost five and he loved it. And he's not, oh, wow. off, he's like often not a movie kid. I would say the only like, there's definitely if, adult stuff. Yeah, so it probably it, goes over their heads. The right. um, Central Park Rangers at the end, it's like a little scary. But like okay. if they've, you know, I don't know. But then the other thing I would say is like, if you're, if the Santa myth is strong with your children, um, this movie does touch on like non-belief, you know, like, cause it's like, they oh, don't that's a trigger. Oh, and that's a really so good that's like, point. I just want to call that out. You know, like yeah. I think Griffin has like always been a little skeptical, but he, I can tell he wants to maintain it. Yeah. Like he asked at dinner the other night, like, is Santa real? And we were like, well, what do you think, buddy? Right. You know, and then classic like, millennial response. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, mm-hmm. talk, like, when when I yeah. was a teacher, I would have like, you know, I taught second and third grade. So there would always be a kid around this time of year who was like, let me tell you all, you know, shit, the, mm-hmm. the fucking truth. You know, like I'm a whistleblower. Yeah. There's no yep. Santa. And one kid I remember just told me he was like, you know, I know you know, he's right, but I still want to believe. And I do think a lot of kids exist in that space. Yes, like, yes. I, I wonder if my kids could actually watch Elf and still like kind of separate it. Right, right. Their relationship with well, Santa. I do, and they do maintain, I mean, ultimately, right? It's like, it's Santa saying like, they just don't believe in me. So my sleigh doesn't work. So like, yes, yes, you know, yes, yes. I mean, yeah. I think, but it's just something to call out. Like if a kid was really sensitive about yes, that concept, yes. they might be like, what? Like some yeah. people don't believe in Santa. And you'd be right. like in a whole pile of worms that you didn't want to be in because you're yep. just trying to watch a nice movie. Yep. Um, oh, you know what's cute is Arthur Christmas. Oh, I don't know that. It's pretty cute. The it's like, We're talking about aardvarks? No. <laughs> yeah, that's oh. what I thought. No? No, no. Um, it's, it's an animated movie from... Oh God, my sense of time is all boned. I like 10 to 20 years ago or maybe five. And it's um, Arthur Christmas. And I think that's his name. And he's like Santa's son that is not like his favorite son. Oh, first name, Arthur, last name, Christmas. Got it. Oh, I see. I see. It's very cute. It was so cute. Actually, we all enjoyed it. Nellie was like a year old. So I don't, I mean, she didn't mind right, it. Right. And then she, um, she liked the shapes. Yeah, it was <laughs> fine for her. Um, there's, yeah, I don't know. I would recommend that. All right. Very cute. Nothing dangerous, nothing upsetting. Yeah. yeah. Family fun. Um, well, this concludes our episode, uh, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have any other thoughts, I think listeners, we're we're trying to get a little call in element here, so Ooh. perhaps you could call in with your with your recommendations for us. You can go to our Patreon to oh. check that out. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. We go. yeah. There we go. Well, that's it for Mother Culture this week. And like my mother always said, I'm making this mincemeat pie because it fucking nourishes me, not for the gays. Okay, Merry Christmas. Mother Culture is produced by Opus Knox Media with music by It's Electric. 
Follow us on Instagram at Mother Culture Show and find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to feed the all-knowing algorithm by liking, following, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Thank you. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash motherculturepod, where you can follow us for free or become a paid member for just $5 a month, which honestly doesn't even get you a latte in major American cities these days. You'll support our production and receive some serious perks. 